This is Subjects in Process, a podcast where we explore the limits of our knowledge, try to understand the things we take for granted, and work to see things from new points of view. I'm Jeff. And I'm Jonathan. So again, the reason why this was significant is um, is because of this, the question of um, what brought us to where we're at, right? So Adam Smith is like saying this way to go forward, mm, but Marx yeah. is concerned about the abuse of power that um, that can only be overcome through um, through fighting back with with power or force against right. it, right? And and so where like the line, the, the part that comes to mind for me. So Adam Smith's story about the past, like, and the accumulation of wealth, totally ready to acknowledge that that's mostly hooey, right? Um, but, but the question for me is that like the, the Marxist or the conflict theorist Let's use Marxist just so we don't get drawn back into that sure. essay. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. So the, <laughs> the Marxist uh, says that the has a more accurate description of the past, but they assume that means that the way forward is to fight back with force, and that part I am not convinced of. Right. So so do they also have a more uh, accurate description of the present? And that's where I think not, but yes. Oh, okay, because 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 yeah. to me the the thing is is past regardless to get from the present to the future, um, and I agree. I think a lot of people would say that the Marxist uh, prescription for the future is off base. You know, yes. it doesn't make sense. Right. And and there's lots of people who, and I think even there are capitalists who would say that the the diagnosis of Marx is accurate. Yep. It, it, in, to a certain extent about certain kinds of capitalism. Yep. Many um, would. Many would. Lots wouldn't and many would. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, I guess the question for me is, is if he's accurate about the present and even about the, the near past, mm -hmm. um, how do you make the leap into a future? Yes. Um, that's yeah. So, so when he, when, when we say he's right about the past, right, there's lots of, there's lots of pieces in that so one of the the aspect i'm willing to acknowledge is that many people acquired wealth through injustice wrongdoing violence use of force right um but i also think so when i think about like what 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 leads a person to being wealthy right and many people would say it's just a question of how corrupt they are. If you're willing to be corrupt, the more willing you are to be corrupt, the richer you get, right? And yes. um, and I don't think that's accurate, right? Like All the I time. think sometimes it is. <laughs> Would you say sometimes it is? Well, I I think it's almost never the only factor, right? right? So so I think like how smart you are is gonna play a factor. Yeah. Right. Luck, randomness is going to play a factor. Right. Yeah. Hard work is going to play a factor. And so this is um, where. Um, so the question about. Yeah. So so that's to say, so I agree with him. Horrible abuses, insane inequality um, and uh, that has resulted from that. But it, so then the question is how to move forward. And that's why I problematize and bring in all these other factors is to say, going forward, um, if we create a world where the primary force that shapes it is people's willingness to fight and use force, mm -hmm. I don't think that's going to be a better world. It I think, yeah. Is there something inherent in capitalism, which is about competition, which is about the use of, I mean, I guess, legitimate techniques of trying to get ahead of other people, 
try, you know, is there something like, the, I guess the thing for me is, is, you know, we've been talking about capitalism and sort of like, what's, what's actually wrong with it. Like at the heart of it, it's a system of self-interest, um, which I guess you can say self-interest without um, having the moral baggage that it has, right? Yeah. You can say doing things in order, you know, that, that align with your own uh, needs or values, values or desires or things like that. Yeah. I like um, values being thrown. In values there. is good. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, so because for, for Smith, right. Who invented our modern notion of sympathy. Uh, when he talks about self-interest, he's not talking about someone with a narrow scope of self-interest who is seeking wealth at the expense of others with no consideration for their other values or mm. community or relationships. So I actually, I do here wonder if economists are often their own worst enemy for their, their lack of concern about how their language will be taken right? Milton Friedman is a good case in point because holy <laughs> crap, when I read his article about uh, the social consciousness of, uh, well, do you remember what it's, it's from 1970. It, yeah, it was published together, in, but, the, in the New York Times. Yeah. And it's, it's basically like this article about how when CEOs take it upon themselves to do social, uh, you know, positive, positively social acts, they're stealing from their shareholders. And, uh, putting a tax on on their shareholders right and i was yep. like wow i don't know like i guess that's one way you can look at it <laughs> i mean shareholders could also be like i mean it's yeah uh, it's kind of similar to you uh hiring a stable manager to uh run to take care of your horses I know you have a lot of horses. In right, your all of my horses. I don't in know. Yeah. I don't know why. And then you come home one day, and he said, "Oh, I gave all your horses away." Right. And his point is, it is good to do good. But he doesn't say should... that actually. He says you're a patsy if you do good. Basically, he says that. He never comes close to saying that. <laughs> I think we should do a close reading. We because, should. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, he says no one should ever do anything against the moral norms of their day. That's also included in it. So, um, yeah, we we could we could do a close reading yeah. of it. So, that's, yeah. but the point being that uh, he doesn't believe in stealing from the rich and giving to the poor. He thinks people should do good with what is theirs, not with somebody else's. If you're a CEO and you want to do good, go do good. Don't take the people who own the company, who are your bosses and who you're running this company on their behalf, don't take their money unless it's what they want, right? If so, it's what they want, then it's okay. That's a great segue to go back, I think, to Marx yeah. and to some of the things that he's talking about in the problem, the present problem yeah. with capitalism. Because the yep. present problem with capitalism, I think a lot of it has to do with alienation. And oh yeah. Okay. The alienation of of labor. You yeah. Know, if you don't have access to the means of production, mm -hmm. if you're not the capitalist, then you are forced to sell your labor as time to sell your time to yeah. the capitalist and the yeah. product of your to labor, the capitalist. Yeah, it's just great. the one who owns the means of production. The one who owns the means of production. Exactly. It's just yeah. um yes, yes. So it's just it, it it's it, useful it, for me to clarify. People use this word differently. That's all I meant. That's all I want to say. It, well, so, and it's interesting too because it means that it's built into the 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 DNA of Marx's critique. Right? Is he means you know he's talking about capitalism, yes. and all of us are in capitalism. But from the capitalist, in, in, you yeah. know, like there's the capitalist yes. and then there's the proletariat yes. worker. Yes. Um, so I, I recognize that, yeah, that in some ways he he sets up very explicitly an us or them right from the beginning. That's yes. part of, you know, right. that's right. the system. Yeah. Um, but I guess I my only point there was was not um, the us and them was actually just about wanting to continue to just make sure that we are aware of how we're using the words. Yes. Right. Because he is talking about something different from what Smith is talking about. That's all. When he's it, saying the word capitalism there, he means something different. Is he is he? He's like when when he says capitalist, and I mean I don't yeah. know if he says capitalist, but when I've heard of 
the way that it's talked about, a cap, the capitalist in that situation is the one who owns the capital. They're the ones who have That's the capital. Right. And which that is, is not, and that has nothing how to do could with- it, How could, what does is, what is Smith mean then by a capitalist? He, so, so Smith, so here's the thing is that, so what- Oh, he doesn't use the word. He doesn't use the word, but, but Marx uses the label and talks about Smith and then it gets attached to Smith. So it's like, it's, it really is a confusion of words that's going on where it's like, um, yes. Anyway, but keep going. I think this is good. There's lots, there's lots in here for me, like the alienation of labor. There's lots here. So I'm like, and I, there's lots here where I think he's got stuff right. There's little bits where I think he's got some sort of stuff wrong and it comes, it gets towards the thing that I think is the problem with our modern condition, which we could choose to call capitalism if we want. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we just need to always have that little caveat. Uh, well, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think I, I think it is really common for people to, when we have words that have multiple meanings, it can get confusing. So I, I don't always have to say that, but I'm probably always going to try to say something to clarify what I mean by it. Right. Yeah. And maybe that's part of the the polarization. Uh, like I keep sort of filing away. Have we come up with mitigations or like ways of addressing polarization? And maybe one of them is recognizing that in certain situations, you really do just need to embrace a kind of translation uh, approach to things yeah. and recognize, okay, I'm about to have dinner with my you know, in-laws or my, you know, yeah. whoever, and now I'm, we're going to be talking about these topics. And when my friend says, you know, I think it will right, go miles. What they mean. Yes. yes. I think it will go like, for example, instead of saying the capitalist, like, and, and for us really, I, I hope that we're above this. And the only reason I bring it up is because I think it's helpful for clarity, but, um, but like, instead of the capitalist, you say, um, the person who owns has the money and owns the means of production, right? Like that's just so right. clear. We know. And, um, and then, and then when you say, and that is literally what capitalist means, like literally in the right. sense of okay. like, if you like, so in some ways before, using before, it to describe what Adam Smith is saying, or mm -hmm. maybe some other people, like there is something very literal about capitalist. Yes. That's what it means. Right. Um, right. But, but I think that I'm, a big fan of not being beholden to words like like that i i think we might yeah. as well just be more specific if we need to be um, yeah well, yeah and so oh, and, and partly course, because yeah. it also helps to kind of clarify the situation so we have a worker mm -hmm. we have a ceo yeah who uh has been gone to school you know he's got management skills or she's got management skills and uh she's become the ceo of this company yeah but she does not own the means of production. Maybe she has some shares in it, in which case things get complicated. But let's say she doesn't. She's just yeah. a stable manager uh, for, yeah. for this company. Yeah. The ones who own the means of production are the shareholders yeah. uh, in that situation. Mm -hmm. And so for her, she is selling her time to this corporation. Mm -hmm. And for, from Milton Friedman's perspective, it, that's very explicit. No, you don't get to sell your, uh, you know, bleeding heart. <laughs> you know, you, you you don't get to sell your social concern. You're not you're not any of that sort of other stuff. The only stuff that I'm buying from you is your time, um, and your oh. time takes the form of maybe your education, but it's also it's specific to what I want from that. I don't understand how that's not an exploit exploitative uh, position. So let's say you're going to hire someone to come in and tidy up your house once a month. Yeah. And then they come in and they sell all your furniture to horses. <laughs> they, I mean, the thing is, you can just they can, pick your example. Like, I mean, but, they... but so so I mean, the thing is, is that all of these situations happen within capitalist, a capitalist situation, right? The scenario mm -hmm. itself is a capitalist okay. scenario. Yes. Um, well, yeah, a capitalist scenario is in somebody owns the means of production and someone else is selling their time. Yeah. Yes. So to the, so the way Smith would talk about that is they would say it's their choice to sell their time. 
right? This person, the person who's hiring you is not saying, I would like you to come and express yourself in whatever way makes you the most happy. And I'll then pay you for doing that, right? They're saying they don't even, they're not even talking to you. They put up a sign and they say, I need a barber, right? And if you come in and say, uh, well, I'll take the barbering job, but what I'm going to do is this other thing, yeah. right? Like, And I will admit, I am being a bit of a, like a devil's advocate. Okay, well, that's awesome. To a certain awesome. extent, because I, mean, because I, I have sat that. on boards before. Yeah. I've sat on boards and I've had, uh, yeah. you know, people who are in leadership no. responding to me. And I recognize that the board's role, at least in certain government governance situations, yeah. their job is to protect the company's mandate. Yeah. Uh, you know, and so to have that, to have a rogue CEO who's like, no, this is what we're going to do. Yeah. I understand that that situation is problematic. Now, what's the, my, my question is, is what do you do if every single shareholder felt that their main thing that they wanted to get out of like, okay. So my issue with Milton Friedman's uh, yeah. article is that yeah. he said, if you had other shareholders were trying to convince the other shareholders yes. on your, okay. on your yeah. board, that you should be more socially conscious. That's wrong too. They can just go uh, off somewhere because they're, you know, they're trying to tax you, you yes. shareholder. And okay, it's like, so but they... then at what point does social does a socially conscious company come into existence? Well, so so this is where okay. Well, so so a couple of things. So one is you picked the one line where <laughs> I'm, I basically am in agreement with you where I was like, like he says a lot of weird stuff and I'm prepared to defend most of it. Like, you know, and I admittedly a bit playing devil's advocate, maybe some of the time, but a lot of the time, I also think his, his logic is sound. He's just a little bit wrong about how the world works. Now, the, what his response to the socially, right? So the, the problem is, is there a cost to this social consciousness, right? And presumably the answer is yes. Otherwise, like why wouldn't anyone do it, right? So you want to produce something in a more humane way, right? Or some way that is better for the planet. And it costs the company a little more to do this. And so he, so one of the things he says is if your customers are willing to pay, if the customers, if one of the products is your social consciousness, conscience, uh, then that's better, um, right? Then, that, then that's okay. That makes sense, right? Like uh, you're selling them the ability to feel self-righteous about buying a green car. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're selling them the ability to be true to their values, right? And right. I, yeah, like both of those things are true. I do remember reading an article about greenwashing, right? You know, so that's just why oh, yeah. I say that. There's, that's there's some really interesting, and, and yeah. uh, Zizek actually, I think, talks about greenwashing yes. too. Right, totally. And um, so, okay, but just, so what the, what he believes the right role is, Government should legislate those standards. That is, so a lot of the time, what he's saying is that the CEOs who are taking someone else's money in order to implement their values, if like, so either they're doing something selfish for themselves, or if they're really doing it for society and it represents society's values, then it should be, then that's what government is for. Now, this is where I think he's mistaken because government is bad at so many things, right? Getting stuff done through government is hard, hard work. But I still, I think, uh, like I understand where he's coming from. If our governments could function effectively, that would be way better than having somebody decide on one person decide on behalf of society and the shareholders, what he was going to do with the money he was stealing. Right. (laughs) Right. Like, (laughs) and I mean, um, I guess the CEO is, is kind of a bad example because, or it's a bad example in the sense of like, you know, under the the rules of the game of capitalism that is being played in that situation. Yeah. You're breaking the rules. If you, become a Robin hood. Yes. Um, I, and, and yeah, we talked about whether or not there, it's sort of a little bit more of a gray issue, whether the shareholders want to become like that. Um, or if the CEO is a sole shareholder, right. Yeah. 
Um, yep. In those so, situations, he kind of did say, didn't he say that you're taxing your your clientele if you try to like your customer base? Yes, absolutely. But that's so because, weird because like, isn't isn't he allowed to do whatever he wants? Is his money? He's allowed to to throw it all away by selling a product that you know nobody wants because they're trying to do good in the world. Wait, wait, what? Who the CEO? The, the, the C like the the so if it's a sole shareholder CEO, oh. and he decides to be socially conscious, didn't he say? You're taxing your customers. Oh, I don't Friedman say that. I don't it, that that I may have missed the sole shareholder line. So so I it, it sounds entirely like something he might say, but it's the the I feel like the better way to make his point would be to say um, if you're a sole shareholder and your product costs more because you're doing this, people aren't going to buy it. People mm -hmm. are going to buy the other one and then you're going to be gone. Right. So. Is yeah. that a problem with capitalism? Is that a, is that an issue like capitalism? So the the supply and demand sort of uh, I don't know if that's the part. Okay, that is so related so to tell that, me but. tell me about a structure that doesn't have that feature. It doesn't have well, I mean, a, a more socialist kind of situation, which I am. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I've said this in, on the podcast, but yeah. I'm not. I don't feel any obligation to actually defend socialism but oh yeah in a socialist uh situation you could have products that are produced ecologically with an ecological edge that are uh either they're sort of um subsidized by the government by the government or yeah. they're uh you know maybe that's the only thing that's available because you've regulated things so much that you're so, only allowed to produce those sorts of things so and it might be against the people's desires, but yeah. it might be that the government, and this is something we both hate, the government might say, yeah, but like the earth is on fire basically. So, oh, and I don't, I don't even, yeah. So the, I mean, um, so in a democratic society, a democratic right. socialist society, that's trickier, right? right. Like, yeah, for sure. Because if it, for doing something against the will of the people, but um, I think the, the, the common scenario is doing something like, like if I am every day faced with the choice of the more expensive, more ecological product versus the cheaper one, I'm not gonna do the right thing every day. So they might be against my daily will, but still in line with my higher will, right? Like right. when I'm well rested and had a good breakfast, this is what I want, right? And 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 I would, um, okay. So, but the the thing is, is that. Milton Friedman will give you an argument about why a government policy that implements this is actually going to have more negative benefit, more negative consequences than right. He's going to tell you that the super volcano in Yellowstone Park is going to blow up and kill right. everyone. Um, <laughs> but uh, but he would believe that government law is an okay way to do that. So that's not a Robin Hood, that's like that, um, that situation you described is fine for him. Mm. They should legislate minimum environmental standards. And Milton Friedman would completely admit he would disagree with us on, on the level of environmental regulation that we should have, but he would agree there should be laws about it, right? Like a, a, a company should not be allowed to pollute uh, public land and not pay the cost of cleaning it up. So, that would not be okay by his account. Okay. So, I mean, uh, so there's the mountains in Alberta, in the Rockies, yeah. in the yep. South. Where and we live. Where we live. And uh, there was some changes. I honestly don't know very much about it. So, okay. you know, yep. But the, um, you know, the government had rescinded some sort of uh, regulation that was going to make it possible for uh, mining companies that had pr previously not been allowed to go into that part of the Rockies yep. to go into that part of the Rockies and start mining right. them. Yep. And it was going to probably have uh, impacts on local farmland. Yep. Um, and for sure, there was a lot of people in, the, in that region who were very yep. upset about it. Yep. Lots um, of environmental impacts. Yep. So is that that decision to rescind, that seems like a movement towards more 
free for uh, the market, right? You suddenly have a bunch of mining companies who are able to like bid on jobs there and start doing work there, um, yep. which is a which is a positive in the capitalist uh, worldview. But all of those environmental impacts yeah. are negative. Uh, so, in the capitalist worldview, still. That is, they would not approve of that increased freedom. And it's specifically because, so there are like several problems that Smith raises, right? And this is what's amazing to me about is like, he has thought through a lot of this stuff in a really old book. And I guess we both know there's lots of smart old people, but um, uh, so- He would never have imagined it possible to blow off the top of a mountain. (laughs) Probably. Well, well, no, but but, so he probably would have been against it. (laughs) I mean, he would have been in favor of any environmental protection because he acknowledges what he calls externalities. And externalities are either costs or benefits that accrue to people other than the buyer and the seller in an exchange. So if, if um, if I'm buying something from you and that uh, that product causes uh, a lot of CO2 emissions that is contributing to harm all over the planet. I'm not paying for that because you're not paying for that, mm. right? No one's charging you for doing that. And that is explicitly a um, a place where Smith says – Governments need to play a role in managing externalities. And so an example of um, there's also positive externalities, right? So an example of this sometimes discussed is education, where when you get a free education, it doesn't just benefit you. It benefits all of society. And so that's one way of making a case for these uh, for government programs. And so those coal miners I mean, uh, I actually, I mean, it was interesting that you went to the coal and I guess it's very recent, but Alberta has a terrible history of oil companies going in, drilling. The process is um, they create these tailing ponds where they dump all their crap and then they leave and never clean it up. And the government, it's always on the government dime. And so you could say that, I mean, they are, I know they're paying the government royalties on some of what they're doing, right? So maybe the idea is that they're just giving us enough money that it's okay for us to- Is that an example though of of bad, like, so, because what I'm starting to think is, okay, let's say you've got the oil oil industry or yes, mining industry. Or, or the whatever, mining, all of Or them. whatever yeah. it might be, right? Like, yeah, that's right. Um, is, is the, so the, the, the thing that's interesting is it's like I could never, ever imagine the NDP party even contemplating that for one single second, the idea of opening up these mountains to be mined. Yeah. What right. is it about um, a conservative government that makes that possible, especially when the conservative government tends to be aligned with more explicitly with capitalism, but maybe it's more aligned with pro-business capitalism? I would say I would say even even just regular capitalism, either one. I'm willing to- It is more aligned with it. I mean, the Liberal Party is also aligned with capitalism pretty, I think pretty directly. Oh, the the Liberal Party is, uh, to me, that is just state capitalism (laughs) at its finest. It's absolute finest. I mean, and the funny thing is I vote for them. So it's like- I but I don't know what else to do. I mean, yeah. I get I mean I could vote NDP, but as I said, my problem with the NDP is I feel they are like Marx where they pointed a lot of bad things and I don't I don't see what to me look like solutions. But that's a whole and and it's interesting and probably not something we necessarily need to get into in the podcast, but the 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 NDP across Canada in different places like Alberta NDP are very different, I think. That's right. Yeah. than you see in a lot of other cases, but it's um yep. So what I was wondering is, is okay, what is it that triggers a conservative government supposed to be pro-capitalism mm-hmm. to say, yeah, sounds great. Let's open up those, those mountains yeah. uh, so, for business. Lobby or? Uh, so, so lobbies, that's a great example of state capitalism is how lobbies can corrupt things. But I'm going to give you like the, like I'm going to le- try to get away from any bad actor explanations and try to give you what I think they would say, right? Yeah. If, if they were to defend the view. And um, so 
so one, there's the question of the, the price of that environmental damage. How bad is it? Right. And so we're, we, they probably don't think of that cost as being as significant as, uh, um, their opponents do. And that's like, that's something that it's, it's also not true that we should, um, shut down any business that ever wants to cut down a tree. Right. Right. (laughs) So, so like it's, and that's an, it's a ridiculous example, but it's just to highlight that the, the, there are, um, there's a negotiation here, right? We've got to consider pros and cons. So they they don't see that side of it as being as negative. And then I also think they are more, um, they believe more strongly in the benefits from increased employment and, um, and free market transactions, right? So like um, that coal mining then reduces the cost of energy, which gives a little bit of savings to everyone, helps all kinds of other people be more productive, which do you think has more savings. they actually think those things? I don't, really don't do. Think... I absolutely believe that. Do, my thinking, okay. and this is yeah, maybe go. not, admittedly, it might not be charitable. Yeah. I'm not thinking, I don't think that it's like, yeah, mm, I can't wait to, you know, <laughs> despoil that mountain of all of its oil or whatever is in a mountain, not oil, diamonds or something. The <laughs> coal, coal. Coal, yeah, coal. It's coal. That, I mean, that's yeah. crazy, right? Diamonds, they're like, coal. They're, they're promoting the growth of the coal industry. And and I actually- Which is so, hilarious at this point in time. Right, it's exactly. Insane. That's what I'm yeah. saying. And it is insane. Although, and I do, yes, I I I want to avoid- and and we uh, we briefly crossed paths in written form on this. I I do want to avoid because I have people I respect, and who think that coal at this point is not that crazy. So um, I just I think it's I think it's just a bad practice to uh, for me at least. Uh, I'm trying to avoid like looking at a position and then just laughing at it or like disparaging it without um you know like oh yeah no i i I understand that and and i even like i think that's the thing is it it is if there's any way to kind of separate a system from the individuals and also to recognize that the system that they are in may not be the system that i'm painting with a broad brush stroke Right. right like but also at the same time recognizing that i do think that there are things that are wrong yeah. And, that and there, are there are bad are, actors. There are bad actors. I right? think that it's, there's things yeah. that are worse than bad actors too, which are like bigger, right? Like bigger okay. than just a bad actor. Maybe it's a bad actor, but I think it's like, and going back to this term spirit, I yeah. think it's something that's bigger and it's almost, it makes it worse because it's like, you're doing things to people who have no other, like people who have been trained in mining for 30 years. Mm-hmm. Right. And maybe at one point it wasn't as significant because you weren't doing it to the, you you weren't extracting things at such a rate, but now, you know, kind of like strip mining and things like some of these other kinds of things that are so much more destructive Mm -hmm. and and people just get carried along. Right. Or like, think about all these people, these transient young guys who are going up North uh, to the oil sands, right. Mm -hmm. Who are blowing all of their money getting addicted to drugs and alcohol and, you know, messing up their life because somehow this is an amazing opportunity to make $500,000 a year as a 25 year old, you know, like, I I think that those people, I don't think of them as bad actors. I think of them as tragic tragedies caught up in a system that probably does have some bad actors in it, but is also bigger than everybody. Right. Um, doesn't have this that's my um that's my that's my pushback right is like that doesn't have 
doesn't have these terrible things that you're talking about. Yeah. So that's always that. And, and I, and like, I get that they're there, but I think the question of like, um, what, what are they like? What are the pros and cons and these kinds of questions? Um, what are the causes of ours being different and this way, et cetera. So um, that's something I want to come back mm. to because that's yeah. where my question, re- I, what I really want to be is to, to get to is we can all agree there's problems with the status quo. Where do we want to go from here? Right. Right. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. no, absolutely. But I, yeah. So if you want to keep going with, um, with Kenny's motivations, I am interested to hear, but, uh, oh, you can uh, also, well, but you could, you could go back to the other one if you want. Well, I guess, I mean, the, I did just want to like, I think you're saying, okay, so they think that this is going to result in more jobs for people and stuff like that. I yeah. think that it has to do with them saying, uh, we need to find a way to continue this company. We need to get work for the people who work for us. And also, so, I mean, and so I'm trying to be kind oh, yeah. of, so you think it's, you think charitable. it's the lobby. It's the lobby. Uh, no, no, no. I, I think it might be a, a lobby. The lobby might be like um, the tool that they end up using, but it's because they're trying to preserve their own longevity as a company. Um, you know, but the, but the government is trying to preserve. No, no, the, no, no. Sorry. Com- I'm talking from the mining perspectives. Oh, I oh, see. <laughs> yeah. We were having a, a back cr- yeah, cross okay. path conversation. Um, that, I mean, but this good. one, <laughs> So, so I like see what you're saying. Easiest. Yes, I agree with you that yeah. governments are doing it to increase jobs. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I, I think, yeah. 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 No, sorry. the people. No, no. Oh, no. I'm with you. <laughs> it doesn't matter to me. I'm okay yeah. either way. So, yeah. Um, and I think that I think that the the companies that are involved in these things, mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily have to be like like evil kind of i no i, think I it agree can be, but i think it can be kind of like pretty much just about how do i preserve i need to self-preserve right i need to make right. sure that but this but when you're die. when you're under the gun right when you're thinking about like i think i think it's really easy to look at that guy and be like kind of like judging the decisions he makes in that circumstance right Um, and not that you would necessarily make the same ones, but when it's your job on the line, like looking at someone else's job, oh, it's just one job. But when it's your job, that can be like incredibly significant driver in terms of what you're going to do tomorrow. Yeah. 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 No, absolutely. Um, and, and, but then, and then also probably shapes the way they think about a lot of issues, right? So they probably don't think the consequences are as bad as they are, right? Because yeah. um, uh, they're motivated to think differently from that. And, and, you know, it's a, it's an interesting thing, the whole idea of what you, what you, like everybody's lying, right? Like everyone yes. is lying uh, yes. all the time. Like it yes. was interesting. I was reading about, uh, or heard something about Biden and, yeah. you know, Biden comes into office and he says, there's no coronavirus plan. Right. Nothing doesn't exist. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone, all the left, you know, all the, we watch every, every night we watch uh, Stephen Colbert and Seth Meyers yeah. with, with Elliot. Yeah. And uh, so <laughs> training him to be a lefty. Um, yeah. And, uh, and, you know, they were like, Oh my goodness. Can you even believe that Trump is so evil that he didn't even have a coronavirus plan? What an evil guy. Yeah. And then Fauci, uh, you know, comes out the medical guy for the yeah. state, and he says, he says, uh, yeah, no, there, there was a plan. Uh, yeah. That's not true. There was one. Uh, I mean, there's, it was in action. They'd good. already, yes. they'd already rolled out lots of vaccines. People yeah. were getting back. Yeah. And so it's sort of like the thing for me is it's like, and I actually, I heard there's a podcast called the the dispatch. Um, okay. That's uh, I, with, it's sort of, it's conservative folks, but they were mostly oh, not Trump supporters. Right. Um, but they are just like, what is Biden doing? This yeah. is exactly like when you are someone who's on the receiving end of, you know, you're, you've lost your mining job or whatever it is because of whatever these sort of environmental kinds of positions that these governments are taking and you see them lying about this or doing, you know, these kinds of things, suddenly all of it just is co- coalescing into, well, you lied about this, so this is also a lie. Yeah, and it's it's helpful that this is a lie because 
it impacts me personally in, in a significant yeah. way. And you haven't given me any sort of alternative. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. So was it you, the, the talking about that in terms of like what people are going to believe when they know that everybody's lying? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. No, I think that's, and, and I mean, uh, it's so easy to like, if we're not, if you're not living like a crazy person and constantly second guessing everything, like we just believe lies we're told from people we like, you know, yeah. it just happens all the time. So, yeah. um, so, okay. So then with this, okay. So I'm going to tell, I'm going to give an example that I, I don't know how many people are going to like, I think most people are going to think of this as a stretch, but uh, I was, so I was watching this. It's like planet earth, um, except it's not done by BBC. It's done by national geographic and okay. it's um, the, the narrator is Will Smith. Oh, so you nice. that's just so that if people since I don't remember the name of anything, that's it, a way that like people could look at blue dot or something. One strange rock. Oh, yes. OK, it, that's it right. rhymes. That was so great. Pale yeah. blue dot. Yeah. One strange rock. And, and he's a rapper. So, you know, exactly. That's why he pulls him out like like uh, like that. So yeah. um, in one of the episodes, they talk about um, the. They're, they're talking about the atmosphere and they uh, they show they go to the Amazon, right? Because we're talking about where does all this oxygen come from? And I guess I'm, I should keep this short. I, I have a longer version. But <laughs> the, the point is the Amazon, none of the oxygen, none of the air we breathe, none of the oxygen that sustains us comes from the Amazon. And the reason why is because there's so much life in the Amazon that they breathe it all. Oh. Right. So the the point being the the, the well, point that's not to me. Good. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean so that's good. I'm glad for them, but <laughs> so so the story then goes that there's this um evaporation and these massive fogs and then the rivers that come out of the mountains and the rivers bring down this silt that goes into the ocean and that feeds this tiny little microorganism that's kind of like a plant and kind of like a rock and those plankton no 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 it's a okay. different one i want to remember it because it creates most of the oxygen that oh. we breathe so they they produce it and they don't and yeah and uh and there's just not enough things underwater there to breathe it all up before it gets to us and so the the point of that story is actually just to say that um competition is really common competition is it's not capitalism is not saying i mean many capitalists would say yeah competition but the point is is that they're embracing they would say they're embracing a feature of the world that we that is actually more productive than we realize right and competition isn't about clobbering some other guy it's about doing a good job right and everybody it's and then and this is just a natural system in which everybody finds the thing that they're good at and focuses on doing a good job at that and and by working hard at your thing that and you got to be working it and here's another thing right so this is like like i i recognize that this is not necessarily how the real world works but these are features of the theory of capitalism many of which I think are not completely irrelevant to the right. real world. Yeah. I think it's worth being aware of them. So um, so when, when you're producing something, when you're trying to figure out something that you're good at, you got to be thinking about what do other people need, right? Yeah. And, and so, um, so in this world that um, we're looking for that helps us be good, right? So that's McCarraher and... Um, the idea of uh, capitalism as an idea, at least, is to say we benefit by doing well for others, right? It's this thing. And, and it was interesting because McCarraher in that uh, symposium bit yep. that we were reading about it, uh, this guy, the guy talks about how we need to take an attitude of abundance, right? He, we can't take this competition-like attitude. And- 
for me, I found that quite interesting because in the political discourse, I tend to see the right, at least economically speaking, as being the people who say, no, you don't understand. We don't have to divvy up and give everybody their share because if we run things right, everybody benefits, right? And so they believe in this win-win, right? And, you know, like admittedly, a lot of the time it's totally, it's, sometimes it's cynical and sometimes it's just BS, but- um, Sometimes it's win-win-win. Sometimes right, there's where, three wins. <laughs> right, you know, or I mean, and sometimes it's, you know, uh, just don't stop me from winning, you know? So <laughs> like, I, I mean, don't care. And this is just as a quick sidebar, yeah. like scarcity- right? Mm -hmm. Or austerity maybe is the better word. Austerity yeah. is often aligned with governments that are quote unquote conservative, but is that more related to uh, kind of an attempt to not over-regulate or no, yeah, not, not right. over, um, you know, like uh, subsidize or over. Uh, like, you know, they just don't think government has programs and things like I, that. I, they just don't think government has much good to do. They think everyone's right. going to do well when you just get them out, right? Like so, in Texas, for example, right? <laughs> okay, right. Okay, yeah. So this is this is this is not this is um, an interesting one. So I'll just give you the gut, the like the conservative reaction to that is there's a once in a how many hundred right. year <laughs> storm, and the lefty says we should build government to be able to anticipate and deal with every problem. And that's right. insane, <laughs> right? Yeah. Right? Like, um, you you can't uh, you can't just look at a problem, any problem in the world you see, and say government should fix that. Right. So that's just the but. But I'm also open to like, and and the reality is is that, well, I mean, like so for example, you I, you might have heard about the guy, you know, some veteran or something who. His lights were stayed on, and because of the uh, oh, surge no. pricing, <gasps> surge pricing in the in Texas, mm -hmm. and there's no sort of regulations over it. Yeah, he was charged like seventeen thousand dollars for right. his his bill. Oh, that my stuff goodness. happens not just in that sort of situation. You get right. people like like the drug guy that I can't remember the name of, Martin S. Right, who oh, yeah, charged yeah. So, because uh, of the yeah. demand. But I mean, <laughs> the thing is, is those are pretty obviously bad actor situations i think well like, i'm not yeah i'm not totally i mean it's interesting because like this is an example of where capitalism might enable that right the concept of supply and demand is good right like in a lot of cases is so people criticize uber for gouging people when suddenly it's raining, right? And everybody who was walking now wants a cab, right? But Uber's defense of that move is saying, we're not gouging you. We're paying the drivers more so that we bring more, like suddenly we, we there were, there were 50 drivers around um, and then it started to rain. And every Uber driver gets a little ding on his phone that says, right now you get triple. Right. And they get down on the street. And so, so this is, and this is like um, supply and demand, right? It, so this is, if the government comes in and says, you can't charge more than this, then everybody's stuck in the rain. Right. Right. So you don't have to pay. You can be in the rain. That's how you would be anyway, if they regulated the price. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's but an it, example to illustrate something. Where incentivization is. Right. taken up out of the picture. Right. So so but the reason why I brought that up was to say people who believe too strongly in supply and demand might not see cases limit cases where we should be thinking about alternatives. Right. And, and yes. might not be like I, I I think it would be interesting to explore more the handholding of uh Adam Smith's uh capitalist theory with his theory of sympathy mm -hmm. like how does that work you know like and and what is the equivalent like i guess i guess a question i have is is capital like so it sounds like capitalism when it's unrestrained and i mean maybe it's not unrestrained capitalism unrestrained accumulation of wealth mm -hmm. or whatever the bad thing is unrestrained 
Well, what's the what restraint? Yeah. Accumulation of wealth, I think, is is bad. Uh, okay. For an example, we could we should go into that. I think because I yeah. was thinking about. I know that that's not necessarily something that uh, is a foregone conclusion. Um, right. Or uh, you know that um, ex- accumulation of wealth at the expense of of anyone else other than my own um, motivations. You know, I want to be able to satisfy my own values and support my own values, which maybe even includes like taking care of my kids, but it's going to be at the expense of everyone else. Uh, right. If that's so, it, we, we are saying capitalism though, isn't just that it's also some level of maybe it's government intervention or in, maybe it's sympathy. In uh, what respect is it at someone else's expense? By, by saying, um, I'm going to take these resources that maybe belong to everybody, and I'm going to uh, take them and use them for myself because I have more uh, ability to do that. Like the like the resources being the wealth that they've generated. Like the or which uh, resources? Uh, maybe some. Maybe you're cutting down trees. I I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Right. Well, hands, but, but 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 who's who? So that where did they get the right to cut down those trees? Right. I guess you maybe you purchase them. You purchase that plot of land. Or right. You've... In which case, like who the it's not at anybody's expense. They've paid somebody for or it. Or I'm going to only pay um my workers a certain amount. And they've willingly decided that they're going to do that. The fact that they're forced into that because, you know, they can't find another job, that's not really my problem, but I'm only gonna pay them this amount. Um is is that wrong? Like that person, well, in that that person in that situation is literally giving those people a better option than anybody else. But it might not be good still. Right. I, but I'm going to pay these people in but, Bangladesh 50 cents an hour for their work. Mm-hmm. And it's better than what they would have been making otherwise, except that before all of these industries came to Bangladesh, you didn't mm-hmm. need to live on 50 cents. You you could have lived on a different, you were living in a different situation entirely. Right. But so, yeah, I am giving them 50 cents an hour, which is terrible from an American standpoint, but from a Bangladeshi standpoint, wow, they're really, you know. So, so how much well. should they pay them? I don't know that, that, but I mean, like is what is, what's the thing that's making them say, I, I'm only going to pay them this much. Well, what, because what, but no matter what number you're not even saying a number, right? So it's like, they should they pay them $15 an hour. No, I'm not saying that because I don't know what they, what is actually needed. Right. right but so I'm, how do you know that the current one is bad? Because they are living in slums and many of <laughs> right. them are in indentured servitude and they are in bond slavery. Okay. Like, so I need to, I, yeah. So I need to learn more about that. Like, I mean, and, and this is the thing is where like. Yeah, I hope I, I hope uh, like it's I'm, good I'm ready. to push back. I, I, I'm, no, 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 no. But yeah. at the same time, I'm also I want to be educated. That's the same at the same time. But so, um, like, uh, I, I guess it's like, and and again, I'm pushing the theory. And what I, I want to know why the theory breaks down, right? right. Like, yes, um, yeah. Because I think a lot of the time the theory is helpful, right? Yeah, and. Um, and so I, I would like to push more still. I mean, the, the problem is I fear for how calloused and, <laughs> and ignorant, both calloused and ignorant. That's what I will have. That's what I have to look like to push. But, um, but even so to say like, okay, if this person is offering them a better deal then this person can find anywhere else, right? Like, why are we so quick to call them? rotten right and and i mean like i think uh, the the challenge too is that um we get to that level of the individual person doing this thing which when i look at them within the context of the system Mm -hmm. maybe they're not doing anything that different from anybody else but is there a way in which to say but from the bigger picture, 
mm-hmm. of like what is actually good for humans mm-hmm. what would be actually good for like you know again i don't yep. know very much i i know a little bit about bangladesh but not much yep. and yep. i and i i know that i mean there's hundreds of millions of people who live in extreme poverty uh you know yeah we could go into those stats i don't know what the relationship between that and capitalism is yeah I, I, I want to get something a little bit more grounded, I think, as as an example of, of something where we could use the word exploitation, mm-hmm. but we don't necessarily have to. That's the example that I want to find well, is an example where it's like, yep, someone could say exploitation, but that's not exactly what's happening there. Like, that's right. only if you want to be nasty. You know, like Ish. well, it depends, right? Again, we we'd have to describe the situation to really know, right? It, like, it, like, yeah. And I think that the the thing for me is, it's like any individual situation may not be. Uh, it may be a question of whether that's a bad actor or whether they're yeah they should be paying them more or or something like yeah. that. But the question for the for for people on the in the left, I think, is often like, yeah, but I think it's actually a bigger question of is capitalism is this system actually the problem right um and 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 again and what i would want to ask is what do they mean by that what are the the specific things that create that systemic pressure yeah and this feels like um an okay time to pause i agree yeah and and the best reason for me is it gives me a chance to um remedy some of my ignorance before i talk about bangladesh again <laughs> i should well no i mean and, and, and i mean honestly the 50 cents and i have no idea what oh sure no no i mean i and i get that you're just making a point but it's like it's 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 a bad look to be ignorant and calloused of massive suffering so i can at least be a little more informed but i do i want to highlight one more uh, like I just want to signpost something for us to remember. I I would like to touch on the concept of barriers to entry, mm. which um, is something that Smith talks about as oh, a problem that's often created by government regulation, right? So a lot of the or or government um, like when government has control over a particular industry, then there's this massive incentive to towards bribery right? right and and what previously was competitive in a different way is now elitist in a totally different way right and um and but what i find interesting about this is that i think they fail they may fail to see the the ownership of the means of production and how big a barrier to entry that might be for many people who are seeking to make their way in free markets. So right. I like yeah. it because it feels like a good crossover point between the two Agreed. sides. Well, um, and, and maybe something else that will come up while we're doing that. And even just thinking about like what I was saying about, you know, being an indentured servitude and stuff mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. Thing is, is that there may be people on the left who want to just align that directly with capitalism. Yeah, that is false, I think. Right, exactly. It's, it, it's, it's not necessary. Like, and there's a really awesome TED talk by the founder of IJM, International Justice Mission. Cool. Um, and it's all about it's it's called and this is funny because I used to work for an NGO that had this name uh, yeah. called Why Compassion is Not Enough. And oh, yeah. his whole premise is that the, the thing is, is that it's great to throw money at these at these places and to try to build wells and do all these sorts of things. That's yeah. helpful. But if people are in situations of violence, right, either because their government is corrupt or because they're living in a place with with no government and it's just mm-hmm. like the Wild West, mm-hmm. you know, people who are living under violence have no ability to escape poverty. Um, right. And so you have to deal with the violence before. Yeah. And yes. sort of extrapolate away from that, right? It's it's the whole question of of better or worse versions of. Um, I, I want to know what the market, like economy, better or worse versions of uh, economic systems. That's one thing. Uh, corruption in the government, bad actors, things like that. Those are things that hugely shape uh, all of the things that we're talking about. Um, but, and yeah. and that's and that's a little bit like that line. I'm sure I'm like not using it necessarily the way uh, y- you might 
be intending it. But that point about like the, my question about, okay, I admit um, the story about the past being just this like humdrum that leads to a totally reasonable present based on the fair and free, right? Like that's, that's nonsense. But then, um, although I believe there's lots of factors, lots right. of factors. Yep. And then the question is, how do we move forward? And this is part of my problem with the with the idea that like, if we focus too much on revolution and conflict, right, the reality that um, violence and conflict are just economically destructive in their own right. And I even I've come I kind of hate the term economic, right? It, it right. means destructive to people's lives, right. right? No one is able to get by. And so that's where um, yeah, so the question of regardless of how we got here, the question of how we move forward, um, I I'm hesitant to give conflict too big a role in that. And, yeah, and I guess, and yep. most conflict theorists are of course going to agree. Like they're going to be like, Oh, Jonathan, do you think you're saying something controversial? But yeah, but it's I, just, this is, uh, this is why I do still think that we need to have a third term because I think at that, if we go back to our two by two oh, yeah. at yeah. the, at the bottom of the, the nadir or is it apex nadir at the bottom of that upside down, parabola right yeah. where you have a humility that sort of is kind of it's so humble that the conflict or the or the uh, mistake is really incidental you're you've got something there that has more to do with uh non-violence and on the one hand and um some sort of uh deep humility towards others um wanting a self-sacrificial kind of approach mm -hmm. that is wanting the best for others mm -hmm. um, and believes that if the best, if others have the best, I will also be taken care of too. Mm -hmm. um, yep. And I feel like that is something that's sort of, it's, it's almost like a third term that we haven't really captured. Right. Oh, well, I mean, again, right. Like the, 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 it's when, as soon as we add that second axis, yeah. That that other axis could be all kinds of things. Yeah. And and you are saying there's there's a much more important axis and we haven't we haven't picked out what it is. And I I'm totally into that. I want like again, like in the same way I'm saying, what do we hate about capitalism? I also want to know what is this thing that is the good thing we should be going for. Right. You know? Yeah. Yep. So yeah, um, that's lots of Lots nice. of good stuff to do in our never-ending saga direction. on capitalism. We didn't talk about accumulation of wealth very much, but maybe next time. Well, in my mind, so for me, the story about how we got to where we are and like the violence of the past, I think that is that is the that's what the question about accumulation of wealth mm. in the specific disagreement between mm -hmm. Marxists and Smithian capitalists. Yes. That's that's what they're discussing there, but yes. the 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 massive inequity and accumulation of wealth, I think, is a whole nother topic that we can do too. Do you think that like I'm almost at the point though where I think I would like to start looking forward more? But are we not at that point yet? Do you think? Oh no, I'm totally ready to. Yeah, anytime. Because we can always about... backtrack if we if we miss backtracking, we can go do that later. Yeah, because I almost <laughs> feel like maybe we look forward. Yeah, and. Uh, and by doing that, we're also going to be testing it, right? Like, yeah. like, is this something that actually takes into account the realities of the past? And did those things, I don't know, it's, it's so hard. It's so hard to not feel like we're spinning our wheels a bit. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, uh, I think that, uh, like, we we would be we'd have to be writing dissertations to answer these questions and that wouldn't be enough right right yeah. people have written dissertations and have a small cadre of people who agree with their niche view yeah yeah so how do we get through it man how uh, do we push through i think well i think we like we talk about it for as long as we want to yeah we some we summarize some points like i would be okay with saying like um, like figuring out a point in this last three hours yes. where we want to say, let's call this an end for now. And then we do a little snippet where we summarize our conversations and we say, 
We're going to put a pin in this. We're going to move on. Yeah. We might come back and talk about capitalism later. There's lots of unresolved things. If they come up and they seem important, let's talk about them. But like, even as I was coming up today, I was just thinking like, like I was thinking two things. One, I, I want to dive so much deeper into capitalism because I feel like we've just touched the surface. Right. And two, I just really don't want to do that. <laughs> like, like I am so done and ready to go on to something else. Well, I, I was reading um, about, do you know, Owen Barfield? I don't. He, uh, so he was one of the Inklings, kind of. Oh, cool. Yeah. So he was like very good friends with C.S. Lewis and J.R.R. Yeah. Tolkien. Cool. Um, it's actually Lucy, Lucy the character yeah. of Lucy in uh, The Lion, Witch, in the Wardrobe is named after Owen Barfield's daughter, Lucy. Cool. Very cool. Um, but he was a weird, weird guy. And I think that there's maybe some overlap um, with some of the stuff that he was thinking about and some of the stuff that we've been talking about. Oh, interesting. It's, it's from a very different angle. He was a theosophist, which is a... Nowadays, it'd be it's a sort of new agey kind of thing. Okay. Um, but back in the day, it was more philosophical. It was kind of like a yeah. post-Kantian kind of perspective. And okay. he talked about the ev the evolution of consciousness as yeah. well as the evolution of language and, yeah. and that sort of thing. So anyways, that's what I've been reading about recently. And it's quite interesting. So maybe I'll have some stuff to bring up about it next time. Well, and maybe give me something so I can just yeah. kind of like have a little bit of a hand there's a on. There's a great uh, YouTube series. That okay, I'll send perfect. you. It's just that an awesome. animated version yeah. of his thought, but very cool, very cool. Um, so, anyways, I think I think I think we've got at least two episodes out of that. I I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. That sounds great. Because yeah, I gotta go to bed. Oh, sorry, man. I'm uh, no, no, it's okay. It's really I'm just I'm I'm just an old man. It's yeah. okay. Uh, so awesome. Yeah, so good yes. to talk, man. Yes. We'll see you later. Talk to you soon. Bye.